you know, five or six IPAs later, we're solving all the industry's problems as these conversations <laughs> usually degrade yeah. into. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned that they were con- thinking about um, kind of a digital, uh, a digital brand, a digital agency. You know, he was kind of describing yeah. some of the features that Rogue had. And I, you know, thankfully being drunk enough at that point to have loose <laughs> enough lips, I just said, and I probably would have said this over too, but I just said, what if you did have all those things today? is the moment podcast fans around the world have been waiting for. Sponsored by Clubbox, it's time for the Cease and Desist Podcast. All righty, gents. How we doing today? Doing great. We haven't done a show this early in the day. Man, yeah. I almost it's, forgot about it, to be honest with you. Feel you. I could forget. We have the best guest yet. I forgot yeah. about Come renewing on. our <laughs> website. I forgot about the domain. Yeah. Before we introduce <laughs> our guest, story what here. happened there? You yeah. and our website labs, Sean. What, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> I have nothing to say for myself. <laughs> My God. I mean, this is a good segue to insurance, though, but how many people set up their insurance on a credit card and then the credit card expires? Or it gets frauded and you forget to update exactly. your insurance. I mean, and yeah, this is that right. scenario. I got yeah. all the updates. I get like 75 of them in the 90 days leading up to a website. And I go in and check because I get paranoid and it goes oh, on auto renew. Yeah. And then I got the alert today at 8.38, but I had meetings for the last hour and a half. Man. Well, I've been using your credit card to buy things. So. It's probably declining. But, so <laughs> are, are they arriving? It, it is, getting them? actually. Yeah. <laughs> I ship them to your house just to rub it in. <laughs> and then I can pick them up from your doorstep. It's great. Cheeky. cheeky. Boy, uh, can you imagine the ramifications if that did get acquired somewhere else? Someone grabbed our domain? I mean. Oh, my gosh. That would suck, but it's why are you guys only buying one year at a time? Well, I, have. I think we did a three. Year. Year. I think we did a three when we got yeah. it. We just right. got the ten put in place. We bought it back when Glovebox was on a piece of paper, and I was using crayons to like map yeah. it out. I think that's when we bought it. So it was. A, Aren't yeah, you still using crayons for the product? I, I do. Okay. I have I have art hour every day at the office. Arts and crafts. I was wondering. So I take out like the the popsicle sticks and build things. So I'm very effective. Uh, let's introduce our fantastic guests here today, fresh off of his acquisition uh, with SIAA. The founder and CEO of Rogue Risk. That was my Scott Howell, uh, Scott Howell yeah. impression. All right, cool. uh, Mr. Ryan Hanley. Hanley, what is up, man? It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to chat. All right. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. glad you're here. Uh, as you may know, on Cease and Desist, we do it a little differently. There's really no filter, and you're kind of the perfect guest for that. So uh, we know you like to cuss. We know you yeah, like man, to tell it how it, it is. Fly. Today's the day. This is a safe um, space. We're in the trust tree with the nest. And, uh, <laughs> you kind of no longer own your company, so you can kind of say things a little differently now, right? Is that kind of how this works? Tell us how that works. Well, I still own part of it. Ah, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So you still I, have to uh, watch your mouth a little bit? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it was It was less um, – it wasn't really an acquisition like – well, one, our company's only existed for two years. Right. No, no one was buying just the assets. Right. Like – there just wasn't that much there. Um, you know, what they were buying was our process, our methodology, the brand. You know, I'd love to believe to stroke my own ego a little bit of me. Yep. And, you know, I have, you know, so I'm still the president, whatever, still have a small amount of equity in the company. Um, and, you know, I'm here for a minimum of three years. But truthfully, you know, my goal is to, to hit where I want it, to do the things I want to do in Rogue. 
um, it's going to take five to seven years to get to where I want to be. Right. So, you know, unless something bad happens um, or something else amazing comes along after three years, that would take me away. Um, you know, I have every intention as of right now of sticking around and continuing to grow because this, this, this move was less about like me just getting paid. I mean, obviously I hadn't paid myself in over two years. I mean, that's right. kind of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Yep. And now I, you know, I get a salary or whatever, but it was more about there's something that I want to prove is possible. And um, as just a way to say, fuck you to all the haters who've, t- who've posted yeah. on God, my blog posts, that. social media comments and YouTube videos. What has this guy done for yeah. the last decade? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to do something and then I'm going to shove it down their throat and they can all eat a dick. And that's basically that's the first time that someone said that on the show. God. That's great. Ryan, can you dig into <laughs> some of those things? That, until they <laughs> choke on it. Can you dig into some of the things that you are wanting to do in five to seven years? Because that five to seven years in insurance with the way it's running right now is, is certainly a long time. Can, can we take a step yeah. back, though, real quick? Because I yep. think um, it's important to set the context of what yep. rogue risk is. And yep. the principles that you built it on, because it is super unique. I remember talking to you at uh, Brainshare last year a little bit about it. So I think it's important to set the, the precedence of what rogue risk is and why it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So we have we have uh, an internal uh, mission and an external mission. I'll start with our external. Our external mission is the concept of building a human optimized digital agency. What that means is um, we use self-service automation and outsourced virtual assistants in order to limit the touches that our licensed uh, Americans have that don't add value so that they can spend more time in the parts of the transaction that do add value. So um, that could be as simple as like, you know, if if someone has a billing change, well, we can have one of our licensed people take the information and then have an unlicensed person log into the carrier system and make the billing change. There's no reason that are licensed people. So, so let me give you a scenario. This is what I watch happen at a lot of agencies. And, you know, um, I have spent enough time in the industry. This will be my 17th year that I've spent a lot of time with agents and in agencies and was an agent for eight years watching this happen. Uh, uh, CSR, we call them CSAs, Client Success Associates, but CSR gets a phone call, say there's a 20 minute time block, right? Well, what they do is they spend three minutes with the client and then rush off the phone because they know it's going to take 17 minutes to log into the carrier system and make the change and submit it and verify it and then log into the AMS and document that they did it and email the client and confirm it was done. And then it goes to junk mail and then they have to call back in. (laughs) Yes. So, so essentially what happens is if there's 20 minutes of time that could potentially be spent with that client, the CSR is spending three minutes of valuable time and 17 minutes of bullshit time. And I want to flip that on its head. I want that CSR spending 17 minutes talking to the client, finding out what else is going on in their life. And maybe that's not 17 minutes. We're just using this as a a thought experiment. But that 17 minutes is spent building, you know, building more value into the relationship, figuring out, hey, asking for referrals, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. And what do you get is the number one reason that particularly our service staff does not ask for referrals, upsell, whatever. I don't have the time. Right. Well, they don't have the time because all they can think about is the 17 minutes that it's going to take for them to do this actual process change after they get, after they're done talking to the sure. client. So if we can use self-service automation and outsourced VAs 
now that 20 minute time block, right? Again, just a thought experiment for everyone at home. Don't, yeah. I don't want to get any freaking messages. It shouldn't <laughs> take you 20 minutes to do whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is just a thought experiment. Yeah. It's that 20 minute time block. 17 of those minutes are value added, deep building connection, the things that drive retention. And then three minutes are popping the information into a CRM, hitting a button and letting a VA take care of the rest. Yep. And now they can move on to the next valuable touch with someone. And we're not a hundred percent there yet, but that is what kind of, that is an example when I think of human optimized in my brain is allow our humans to do what they do best, which is connection, value, problem solving, all these kinds of things. Processing TPS reports and billing changes and carrier systems yeah. is the worst use of our people's time. Absolutely. So that's our external mission, building this human optimized agency. Cheers to that. Our in th- that what? I said cheers to that. It's exactly oh, right. Oh, well, yeah, 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 if we yeah. can make it happen, it's, it's not easy um, <laughs> for sure. Got, you know, what you guys are doing helps, but, um, you know, it's just, the, you know, I mean, you're talking about your stupid credit cards, stupid things like that, you know? Yeah. And then we, then we put a, $50,000 a year CSR on Sean's freaking expired credit card. Yep. And now she wants to blow her brains out because she's like, I'm working on hundred thousand dollar premium accounts over here. And I got to process this stupid credit card. Yeah. Like that's terrible. Okay. Yeah. So matching that kind of to our internal mission, which is, you know, we really weren't able to make happen until the partnership with SIA is this idea of a no, no ceiling insurance career. So I've talked about this a thousand times in my own show. It absolutely kills me when, you know, some old fat white guy tells some 32 year old niece or nephew or son or daughter or whoever that they're never going to own this. They didn't earn it. They didn't make the investment. Wait till you're, you know, wrinkly and old like me. And then maybe you can own a part of the screw that. Yeah. I hate that we put these false obstacles on top of our people. Now, not every agency does this, and some have really, really good plans for allowing their people to develop, and I think that's amazing. But it's never been done at scale. So I want to build out, and we are building out today. I actually, this morning, was working on some of the contract language. When you come into Rogue, there are one of four places that you can start. You can either start as a new business coordinator which is an unlicensed position where you're learning the business. Really what you're doing is taking people from lead and you're qualifying them to be suspects, at which point licensed uh, producers take over. Yep. So you're asking questions, you're working the system, you're learning it while you're while you're getting licensed, right? That's kind of an entry level, brand new, not even licensed position. Um, you then would graduate to a select producer. Select producer is 100% inbound small business. Right now we're doing over 300 leads a month. Right. That number is only going to increase as I'm able to allocate more of my time to marketing and we build more channel partnerships. And as that number increases, we need people to pick up the phone, solve problems and sell policies. You're going to get a thousand at bats. This is double A ball, right? You're playing double headers just just to get at bats in to get work. That that's what this is about. Right. If it's baseball analogy. So that's that's once you once you graduate from select, which let's tentatively put that trigger somewhere around a million in premium. You have the ability to apply and become a premier producer. That's where we teach you how to hunt. So now you've learned how to take inbound calls. Now we're going to teach you in premier how to hunt larger middle market accounts. And when you graduate from there, you have the ability to either start your own rogue location or ultimately launch your own agency. So if you're, if you wake up and you're some 23 year old egotistical dick and you'd say to yourself, 
I want to own 10 locations someday. Rogue can help you make that happen. Well, that's Man, cool. Bravo. That's, awesome. that's like a very streamlined stuff. process. I don't think most agencies consider that. That's Let me good. ask you this, uh, Hanley. All the processes from the internal standpoint are... I don't want to call them fucking obvious, but they're obvious, right? But people don't solve them because they, they just, I don't know what it is. They're lazy. They don't know how. They just, you know, status quo is fine with them. Um, what do you feel like the anatomy is uh, and the future, maybe look five years out of what the customer wants to engage on? And my point on that is what do they want to talk to their agent about and what do they not want to have to talk to their agent about? Like, what do you see that looking like when you break down the anatomy of a process? Yeah, it's to me, the only thing that they want to talk to an agent about is decisions, right? Everything else. They don't, they don't care. Like the idea that a, like anything to do with billing that you should have to talk to your insurance agent is oh, it's crazy. Fucking, it's fucking it's asinine, absolutely man. crazy. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't like to bang on carriers, but I 100% blame them for this right. because every single one of them has a different process, mm-hmm. a different procedure. Yep, yep. Some of them take discover cards. Some of them won't take American express. Some of, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. some of them will Hartford will not allow you to do monthly payments with a credit card on the when you bind the policy, yeah. but then on yeah. renewal, you can switch them over to monthly recur. I mean, what is the we used to have? We used to have one. Remember, uh, State Auto used to make us do uh, break a twelve month over oh, yeah. eleven payments. So you had to yeah. explain to the client. <laughs> yeah. Why, yeah, your payment's yeah. a bit higher, but it's not because it's only eleven instead of twelve. It's like why the yes. fuck? Yeah, <laughs> or ten pay or nine pay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stupid. the rocket science. The rocket science. <laughs> again, the carrier people that are listening to this, uh, most of you have. You have no say. It wasn't in this, their so I'm decisions. Not trying to yeah, yeah, yell at you, yeah. but like the idea that every single billing system is different—it's right. insane, and it wastes so much time, and it causes frustration and anger. And what ends up happening is agents like me, who I don't give a shit about carriers. I think they're all liars. Just like just us agents are liars. We're all liars, right? right? I'm going to lie to them about what I'm going to write with them. Sure. They're going to lie or lie to me about what they'll actually put on the books. So I, I, I just I can't stand that this is the stupid problem that we have. Right. Like it's such a stupid problem. What's up, guys? It's Ryan from Glovebox. Want to talk to you guys today about embeddable insurance. It's probably a term that you've heard before. Not sure if everybody is aware of what it means. What's happening is uh, these large independent digital agencies are placing themselves within the workflows of uh, financials, meaning a client's going to get a car, they're going to get a mortgage, they're going to get a credit card. Insurance is being offered at a point in need. Now with Glovebox and our elite agent product, we can make you embeddable as well as an agent. We can put you in your spheres of influence with your mortgage brokers, your realtors, your financial planners, even your current clients to make sure that you're being referred out on a regular basis through their workflows. So do not let the large digital agencies win. Make yourself embeddable today and level the playing field. Do you think carriers spend way too much time and energy trying to make their own specific systems yes. different or better 100%. than looking yes. at the, the lands- yes. yeah, then looking at the landscape of the market and say, look, how do we fit into an ecosystem as opposed to my point being, there's one specific carrier that has spent so much fucking money and time and energy on developing their own ways of presenting quotes, 
their own ways of trying to brand themselves within their agent's process. And what they don't understand is an agent would have to one-off your sweet fucking process that you just created to even use it. All their other carriers are different. So it's like, what, who came up with that concept? It's, it's, it's like, ego. Yeah, so it is every easy. carrier yeah. thinks that they know better than we do. Yeah. They're the best. We're the worst, right? right? That's That is the internal conversation that every carrier has. These dumbass agents, if only they just used our system and did exactly what we say, they'd write so much more business and wouldn't it be great? They're bureaucrats. Now, they're good people and they care. Sure. The unfortunate part is they're not entrepreneurs. Sure. So they you don't you don't. Lit. Now, there are examples, right? There are there are there are exceptions to this rule. There sure. are amazing people inside of carriers who do have an entrepreneurial mindset, but they are the exception, not the rule. Yeah. So what you have is good people who are trying to solve problems who think like big business bureaucrats, right? Yeah. Think Democrats in our current regime, right? They think if only everyone just did exactly what we say and we could get bigger and do it the way we want it to be done, everything would be perfect and everyone would be happy. Right. Unfortunately, as an, if you're starting an agency, or even if you're a producer, you have some modicum of entrepreneurial blood inside you that makes you say, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. Like that, that yeah. I can't, I want, I don't want to fit all of my processes in what exactly m- matches your business. Because then all we are is exclusives, right? Right. That that's, if you do that model, then all you do is become an exclusive. Sure. And then if something breaks, you're handcuffed by them. You're not you're not able to fix it or yourself. Or God forbid their rates take a dump. <laughs> yep. so that's where that model fits. It's like if you're a captive and you only need to work at State Farm and you yep. just know State Farm's model, like anyone that's taken anyone from captive to independent sees that because they're like, oh, my God, like. I now have to understand 12 to 15 different state I've farms. I've never met the sick individual that's come over from a captive to an independent and then gone back captive. I've never <laughs> met actually, the yeah, sick I, individual. I I've heard of it happening a couple <laughs> yeah. times, but those people are sick. That's a that's sick individual. That's probably yeah, a Dogecoin millionaire. Remember, I'm looking for the Dogecoin <laughs> I actually found one. We'll talk about that later. Oh, my one. God. Uh, Ryan, although I agree with everything you're saying, I do want to be devil's advocate and say that if the carriers yeah. do establish a process that agents like that that's the point that agents will start to use them more and that's kind of the concept yeah. is that i like this carrier i like the way they do things even though their process is 100 percent. that's still but it's, it's, to but me yeah. to me however you if you if i think you need to be i think you need to be careful today about building too big a book with any one one particular carrier sure, sure. because you're never going to be as big as Marsh, which means they're never going to give a shit about you. Yeah. Well, the local rep may care. Your regional rep may even care. But the company, the people that actually make decisions, your book will never be big enough for them to actually care about you or your opinion. Sure. Now, this is different for 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 regionals. All right. We're talking nationals right now. Regionals. Like I just had this morning, I had a, a great meeting with Acadia. We're 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 considering um, taking on Acadia and. It's a completely different mindset. I'm talking to the people who literally have the ability to make changes in the system as we, you know, and, and not that they will yet. Cause sure. we're, we're not even a part of them yet, but, but it's a, it's a different conversation. So I do think that, uh, uh, I think today we need to be smarter about how we build our books. Sure. We need to have a couple nationals. We need to have a couple super regionals, maybe a couple single state or small state mutuals, a couple insurance and, heads, and, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe if they get their shit together. I mean, I like pie. Branch is a branch, bad. Branch is awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. Branch, branch is good. Yeah. Openly is Openly good. Is the the bad, personal yeah. line side is yeah. way better. Right. You got to remember, we're ninety five percent commercial. Right. right. So yeah, yeah. Yep. So if I'm hearing you right, 
to reiterate kind of full circle on this topic, uh, there's a synergy in what the client wants with digital capabilities to be able to handle the small shit that you don't want to deal with as a consumer or as an agent. Cause let's be real as much as the consumer hates to call their agent, their fucking agent hates getting that phone call as well. It's annoying. Yep. Me and Sean used to joke, sell the deal and then, you know, change phone numbers every month. <laughs> it's like every so month, a new burner. It's uh, obviously yep. a joke, but it's not cause it's like, you know, inevitably that client's going to call or email you. And then on the back end, when they do uh, actually need something, if the digital capability isn't there, or they don't choose to use it. Your system is set up to handle that more efficiently. So you can actually spend time generating more value with that relationship. Fair enough. That's the goal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Doesn't always happen the way that we'd like it to, but that is the goal. That's what we're trying to. It's almost like uh, it's like value triage. Yep. Is essentially what we're trying to do. Is 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 how do you how do you branch off the interaction to the to the to the quickest point of value? If that's yeah. self service, awesome. If that's some sort of automation that needs to happen, that's great too. If you need a virtual assistant, great. Last resort. For, for transactional type stuff should be your licensed American service people or producers. Now, for a question, for a problem, hey, should I add an umbrella? Hey, I have this exposure. Well, let's zip that all the way through. Yeah. But if that person is deluged with bullshit transactions, they can't an- actually answer that question yeah. where if you're triaging these transactions and the value beforehand, then hope the goal is they're freed up to – to be able to answer that question in real time versus the I'll call you back tomorrow. thing. Which, by the way, this may be an obvious point to uh, address, but the system that you're talking about funnels up to the carriers. The easier they make this, the more money they're going to make because now your producers are producing more revenue. So there is always an upstream effect on what you're talking about and optimizing systems in your agency. But sometimes when you talk to carriers, they don't understand that intrinsic value. They want hard. We do X, we get Y. You do this, we make this. But there's so much of an upstream that comes from that. I want to uh, throw you a softball real quick, man. You ready? I'm going to throw you a beach ball. (laughs) It's actually probably a beach ball. We we joke here at Glovebox, uh, and I'll just kind of shoot this straight. When agents have a mentality of, I want my client to call me for everything, mm-hmm. how is that agent going to fare in the new world of this hybrid digital plus human All these rogue locations yeah. are going to be popping So it depends on what they want out of their agency, sure. right? Um, if you're looking for, if you're looking to grow, I think it's almost impossible to do that method. Right. Um, if you're looking for time and space and lifestyle that also makes it very, very difficult. If you're looking to be, if you're looking uh, to me, when I hear that, I, what I hear is this strokes my ego. This is an ego thing for me. So, so one thing that I think someone asked me the other day, and I don't know why, maybe it was your questionnaire or whatever. Well, I think it was your questionnaire and I didn't answer it very well. What's the most commonly misunderstood thing about you? People, people, the biggest issue that people have with me when I get hate mail or hate whatever yeah. is has to do with me, my ego. They think that I have a big ego. I have zero ego. I could give two fucks. It's the reason I didn't put Hanley. It's not the Hanley agency, right? Because right. Right? I don't want my name on it. Like if to me, it's about serving clients better, growing the business and giving people careers that they can't get other places. Those right. are the things that add, that like turn that like tune me up. Sure. It's, 
you know, when I hear everything's got to come through me, I need to touch everything. That's how I know it gets done right. What I hear is you have your, your ego is not allowing you to step aside and either train someone or allow someone who is maybe as good or better at certain things do that work. And that's your ego talking and that's a handcuff. And I will beat that person every single day because they won't get out of their own way. There is another take on that. And I've seen some examples of it at our former agency where they just feel like they're doing the client an extra service by being available all the time. And in reality, they're wrong though. Yeah. In reality, their, their, their time is better suited elsewhere, but also the client literally just does not care enough to talk to that person. I I promise they don't like you enough, right? Probably never met you in person. (laughs) You're not that good. I think this is a good point though. This is a really good point. So again, there's, there's nuance in here. So, you know, I'm kind of talking a hyperbole or whatever, but if what you're saying is I'm going to go the extra mile by doing a, um, a, a property analysis or a mod analysis or at a value added service, and that's how you want to add additional value. Sure. I think that is amazing. And I think that's really important. I think some of these non-insurance value added services, like some of the stuff that like uh, Todd Tans is doing with mod advisor and there, and there are others. Yeah, yeah. I think that, is a very important piece of the puzzle that has been missed for a long time by a lot of agents. And some of the technology providers that are coming in the market are starting to provide those services or make those services easier to provide. I love that. Mm-hmm. But the, you call me for everything, I'm going to give you my personal cell phone thing. Unless you're dealing with accounts that are 500,000 in premium, yeah, I, I think it's just an ego stroke or an insecurity thing, right? Because otherwise there is a man or a woman who has a client success associate role in your office? Who can do all of that? And crap they're paid for way that. better than you. That's can. Why that person yeah. that does that has like they have their ceiling capped. Like well, you can only manage so much. And, yeah. Uh, let yeah. me let me ask you this: it, with people that have this type of mentality of I don't want to let technology replace me, right? Yeah. Is that truly? What they feel, do you think? Do you really think that they feel like at this juncture in the state of of independent insurance that they can be replaced by technology, uh, rendering them useless? Or is that just a defense mechanism for some other reason? Like, how do you feel about that? So one thing that I've realized in life is that most, I shouldn't say most, more people than we would imagine live every day just in a general state of fear and anxiety. Sure. Think, And I think that, not to get too incredibly deep, but I just believe that in life people wake up, a lot of people wake up and they're just fearful. Sure. They're just scared of things. Sure. And, and, um, and I, you know, I, I wish that that wasn't the case, but I do think that, and I think that's some of it is just a general yeah. sense of fear of the unknown, sure. right? If I know how to do something and I can just keep doing it, then I feel safe. Yeah. Anything new makes me feel fearful. And, and, and so there's that, I think there's this other side too, where, um, again, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's ego. I think that it's, um, wanting to feel like the man or the sure. woman sure. or whatever. And yeah. like, if you're controlling all this, then you can feel that way. As soon as someone pays their bill automatically through the glove box app, sure. and I don't even know about it. It's like, ah, I didn't touch that. I, you know, I'm not in control of that, yeah. but, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I think the more toxic one is the, the just general state of fear. I <clears throat> uh, just, I think those people point. should just deadlift more and smoke more pot. And I think we'll be happier. Um, the, 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 the other one I think is a more, um, systemic problem where those are the people that are going to get in their own way. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Well said. 
what, interesting. Uh, is there a, the sky is not falling? Like I know there's been You're not for, a scientist for right? years now. I am a scientist. What the hell do you know? <laughs> I can go to Google like anybody else. Wait, what? Whose science are we talking about right now? <laughs> it's it's the science of Sean's hair at this point. But <laughs> we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today because there's secrets in that hair that we don't want to unwrap. Wanna, yeah, you don't want to get in there. But. Is are we at a point in the business at, at this juncture where consumers are actually able to start driving the the customer experience conversation, or do they care? They already do drive the customer experience conversation. We're just not listening. Do they leave an agency because they don't like the customer experience? Oh man, fuck Come yes, they do. Thirty two percent of all the clients or all the new leads that we get, the reason they're contacting us yeah. is because their current insurance provider sucks. So is it- Now that doesn't mean independent agents right. alone. Yeah, sure. A lot of them come from, we get a lot of people from Next. Right. We get a lot of people from Progressive. Right. We get a lot of people from other big call center based systems. And they feel like, again, this is, this is, this is why human, the concept of human optimized, in my opinion, I think is a winner right. is because they're, they they went to Next because it was easy, right? right? That's why they went there, sure. which, I, which I completely get. Sure. If I'm a contractor, I want easy. Yep. The problem is I then have a question. What yeah. if I have no one to talk to? When I get somebody, they're not really helpful. Yeah. They don't really give a shit. Sure. So I'm like, well, I need to talk to somebody who's going to help me answer this question. Yeah. So that's what those businesses are lacking. They have they – have, gone, in my opinion, swung the pendulum too far towards automation and forgotten about the humans. Yep. And what I'm saying is if we can think, if we can try to marry both those concepts where that, that, that guy who's trying to buy a policy, you know, as easy as he can, because he's on a job site and yep. you know, the town won't let him in until he shows the COI, yep. right? How do we make the experience very easy for him to buy? Sure. But sure. as soon as he has a question, he is then connected to a person who is licensed, who gives a shit, who's going to answer his questions, and who's experienced enough to take care of that, right? Yeah. That's a that's a tough thing to do, but but that is what I am seeing the market is demanding, is that for the th- things that should be easy, they're easy. For the things that I need help with, yep. I need help. So it's fair to say that right now, currently, agents are losing business because they don't focus on their customer experience. Fair enough? <sighs> Well, here's the hard part with that. Um, I, I would love to just be so cavalier as to say, yes, they're losing business. Right. I think that um, I still think local has some hooks. Right. I think it's losing its hooks, but I think there are a lot of agents who are not listening to their customers that are not providing them the experience they want, but they're still not feeling the pain, the real pain. Yeah that they will, it's just going to be a slow trickle, right? Like instead of growing by 6% every year, now they're growing by one or two and they're blaming the market. It's not the market. You're not listening to your customers. So it's, it's a tough conversation because I don't think anyone is just getting wiped out because of this. Sure. That's my, that's my thought process. I mean, uh, we see agencies every day that are, this is how we've done it. This is how it, we're going to do it. It works. It's worked for 30 years and we're going to run with that. And so my analysis on the market or my um, vantage point is to see when that needle starts swinging in a direction where it's like, oh, shit, like maybe this is a conversation that needs to be had. And where the majority of these people that have been so cushy and comfortable collecting commissions for so many years now realize 
oh, there is maybe something to this. That's my that's right. my question. I, I have a thought on this. Yeah. It, there's I don't have any numbers to back this up, but here's sure. my personal feeling on that is that that person who's already built that agency is safe. Right. They're fine. Yep. Right. You can't you what you couldn't do that that guy's daughter or son right. could not absolutely positively could not build that agency the same way mm. that the current owner <laughs> built it. So the people that are feeling the pain are the people that want to spin out their own agencies right. that want to start their own agencies. Those people have to have to have a digital aspect to their business. Sure. If you're going to try to be traditional and local and try to grow an agency the way our predecessors, the ones who really built the industry to what it was today, built yep. it. And, yep. and we have to give them props. Absolutely. They did an amazing job. Yep. You just can't do it the same way. So that, that person who's already there, I don't ever think that they're going to lose enough business for it to really be painful. They're on the back nine. <laughs> yes, yeah. they're on the back nine. Yeah. But if you're trying to grow today, yeah. th- their methodology will not get you there. Sure. Absolutely will not get you there. Fair enough. I think that's yeah. that's quite a good topic that actually, that we can run on. Uh, we have a lot of um, kind of uh, knowledge and education experience on that exact topic, so I think you're exactly right. Um, if you don't mind, I want to talk about the acquisition a little bit more. Um, <laughs> how did the SIAA relationship come into play? And yeah, what, so what's your relationship to Matt? He's awesome. Yeah, so Matt, uh, I've known Matt for a while. I was introduced to him, I think, originally through Parody, so maybe a decade ago. Um, I don't actually know, but I've known him for a while, and you know, we've always been friendly, never like close, close, but you know, whatever. And um, uh, I had a makeup speaking gig at SIA Arizona. Um, Dan Skinner's group down there, great, great group of people. We were supposed to do a gig in 2020, and then COVID hit. And uh, we had to push it. And finally, in September of 2021, we did the we did the gig. And Matt was there on his tour, kind of explaining to the master agencies what was going on with his acquisition and buyout of the former uh, the former team. So we were there at the same time. I watched his thing. He came to mine. He watched mine, whatever. You know, pleasantries, all good. And then uh, I had a red eye. So I was eating dinner and having a beer at the bar. And he sat down next to me and said, hey, can I have a beer with you? And uh, just a rule of thumb, anytime a, a CEO of a company says, hey, can I have a beer with you? You just say yes. Yeah. You just you mm-hmm. just do that. So as things would happen, you know, five or six IPAs later, we're solving all the industry's problems as these conversations <laughs> usually degrade <laughs> yep. into. Yep. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned that they were con- thinking about um, kind of a digital – uh, a digital brand, a digital agency, you know, he was kind of describing yeah. some of the features that rogue had. And I, you know, thankfully being drunk enough at that point to have loose <laughs> enough lips. I just said, and I probably would have said this over too, but I just said, what if you did have all those things today? And he said, well, what do you mean? And we started talking about, you know, mapping out like what this might look like. And then it was time for me to get on my red eye. And I'll be honest with you, I've had thousands of those conversations. I think anything of it. I just flew back across the country and uh, woke up and went back to work or whatever. And uh, and then he emailed me and just said, hey, you know, I I I really liked some of what we talked about. I would love to kind of do this sober and think about, you know, really think about if there's a there there. And uh, we had a bunch of conversations. I met a bunch of people from his team and. Uh, around December, it really started to look in my eyes like this was the move. Um, I had met with 57 venture capital firms and got hard wow. nose from every single one of them. Yeah. Um, 
which was a very interesting experience. Uh, two main reasons. One, the valuation I was shooting for wasn't big enough. And the other was that, which I, I thought a hundred million was a good number. Uh, most, I guess it's not <laughs> enough. Um, and, uh, I wasn't building any proprietary technology. Sure. Um, I mistakenly thought that the fact that I knew how to use third-party tools to be efficient, effective, and cost, you know, yeah. and, and keep costs down, yeah. that I was being smart. And basically what they said is that's not smart because that gets you an X EBITDA instead of an X revenue. Sure. And that was the reason they said no. Like almost every single one of them said the exact same thing for those two reasons. So uh partially out of a need to make a move and partially in, but more importantly, I thought these guys were the right partner and it was just serendipity that put us together. So uh, cool. that's kind of how it all came together. Interesting. Let, me, let me put a bow on this conversation. Hanley, what is, what does success look like for you in this relationship? You've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but like overall, like what yeah. does success look like for you? I want to launch in the next five years, 150 new agencies into the marketplace nice. that are already pre-built for success. Nice. Um, I want to have 300 rogue premier producers spread out throughout the country um, doing business the way it should be done. I want to have the human optimized model dialed in and uh, I want someone to pay me $50,000 to explain to them someday how we did it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> When we were at the agency, I was out hitting the streets often. I was seeing my mortgage brokers. I was getting them to uh, know, like, and trust me. You guys are probably doing the same thing. But what you don't have is a unique way for them to remember you, a unique way for them to refer you business. Now's the time to get Glovebox. You have a great uh, mobile and web platform in the form of an application that they can go ahead and, and refer you to their clients. And I think this is a really impactful way to stand out and just be the guy that they want to refer. Um, so try out Glovebox. Come see what it's all about. You're going to love it. There is a uh, heralded tradition out there in Buffalo, uh, and that's where you are, right, Buffalo? I'm technically in Albany, but you are speaking of Mecca right now. Circle okay, the wagons. Um, <laughs> of, uh, you know, jumping off the top of a roof of a car and landing on a folding table and doing that yep. at a tailgate. Have you done Two questions. Have you done that? And uh, do you know anyone that still does that kind of a, has a, a celebration? <laughs> so I do not do it because... Um, I just see that as the universe's way of weeding out the morons. I think <laughs> it's you, funny. Exactly. I like watching it, but I think it's ridiculous. Well, you're like I mean, the number of people that have too, dislocated right? like, shoulders, yeah. collarbones, broken ribs, just concussions. It. It's it's insane. Yeah, yeah for those that don't know what we're yeah, talking yeah. about, this is just a very interesting tradition by Buffalo Bills fans out in their tailgates. I had no and, idea. Uh, yeah. I, I had mean, no I've idea. You still say it. I've seen the My God. Yeah. They jump off the top, top of the roof of a car and that's amazing. land on a folding table. Wow. Um, so one of the other interesting things that happens there is they still light garbage cans on fire and use them to cook their meats. Wow. Right. So nice. um, I watched the it's last time they were there. I was there with my son for the very first time. I brought my eight-year-old son, Duke, uh, to his first Bills game. Unfortunately, I got friggin' smoked by Indianapolis. But, um, that's never happening this year. But. What? That's not happening this year. Indy's awful. No, no, no. Yeah. Super Bowl. Bro. No, yeah. oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I watched I watched them push three flaming trash cans together 
and have a guy launch himself off the top of a pickup truck Ooh, over wow. the three flaming trash Onto cans. the folding table. <laughs> he got, he's like, folding he's table. like the evil Knievel of belly flops. So here we are watching this, and my, my kid's loving it. I mean, he's this is like can, you know eye candy to him. He's yeah, losing his mind. Awesome. And I'm just looking at it going, I think it's cool and funny and whatever, but at the same time, like, that's natural selection working. <laughs> We're like not working those people. That's what like not that's, to do right there. That's better. a live demo. But if you think about it, jackass wouldn't exist without people yeah, like this. True. So I can yeah. appreciate Is that. this the same eight-year-old that you are the Little League coach for? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Right. I want to do that soon. All right. One more. Oh, you got one more? Yeah. Then I'm going to go into our questions. No, yeah. Our you're welcome. Okay. For, you're yeah. welcome for Von Miller, by the way. We, we deliver yeah. to you with, yeah. with a fine. He's going to be a good bill. He, sure. he, uh, the bills? If yeah. he can, he's going to fit in, I think, well into the culture. Our so. Super Bowl he's got MVP. two rings. He knows how to win. Yeah. So yes. there you go. That's my guy right there. Pretty relaxed this year. All right, Hanley, we're going to wrap up with a series of quick questions. We want to know a little bit about you. So, uh, Fire away. First and foremost, I don't ask this to anybody else, but how much are you deadlifting currently? (laughs) And are you wearing shoes while doing it? You said what? 405. 405. Nice, man. How tall? You're 6'4"? Yeah. 6'4"? Nice. Yeah, I get a lot of people telling me that I should move to a sumo deadlift because of my levers or whatever, but I can't help the feeling and i know anyone who does sumo is gonna email me i just can't help the feeling that it's cheating okay fair enough and and you do this without shoes on right i use i use what's called barefoot shoes shoes. b-e-a-r-f-o-o-t is the brand they're basically zero lift yeah Yeah, are those the toe shoes is that what you had sean i've got those i've got some low profile shoes but i remember commenting on something you posted i don't know a year ago and i felt like you were wearing socks and i was like yeah Yeah, sometimes sometimes when i forget the low profile shoes i just wear socks yeah. yeah nice nice what uh what are you reading right now uh that's a good question i well so i'm listening to jordan peterson's beyond order and I have um, uh, the I, I have coming, which will be the next book that I read. The Almanac of Naval Ooh, Ravikant. I just coming finished that last mail. night. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. Wow. Good timing. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. What uh, what are you watching right now? Are you watching any trash TV that we should know about besides you know Bills fans <sighs> jumping in? So I I watch Gold Rush. Okay. It's probably my dirty pleasure, like end of night. I'm just going to sink into the couch show. There's yeah. something about, I don't know what it is about that show. And I couldn't even tell you what it is, but that is my, that's my go-to for shitty TV just to have in the background. Nice. Nice. Uh, what are you uh, investing in currently? And that could be stock market could be obviously yeah. investing in People your business. Thoughts, but what do you got? What are you yeah. investing in? Right yeah. Now? So a couple, couple things. Um, there are a couple insure tech companies that, I'm going to be investing in, I'm not going to say who, uh, but there's a couple companies that I've kind of been dying to have some cash to put in and um, now have the opportunity to do so. Um, I put a lot, I, I kind of DCA into Bitcoin. I really like Luna. Uh, I have decent positions in XRP and Cardano. These are cryptocurrencies. Yep. I don't particularly care for ETH for a whole bunch of reasons that I'm happy to talk about. Um you know, so that's that couple stable coin stuff, staying out of the market, staying in cash on the market because I think the market has, has another 10, 15 points to go down and yeah. I'm not good at timing it. So yeah. just kind of watching. Um, I think tech stocks have been beat up a little bit. I also am waiting for the woke to shake. I mean, I don't know where you guys fall on the political spectrum. You are from Colorado. So yeah, fire, maybe fire you're Democrats, away. but um, <laughs> I'm waiting for the woke to shake out of some of these companies. And then I'm going to get in heavy because I think once that happens, they'll shoot back up. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, that's, that's basically it. I'd love to, you know, I got, you know, I think it's appropriate to buy a little bit of gold, some guns, stuff like that. Yeah. It's probably appropriate. Are you a Dogecoin millionaire? And if not, do you no. know Do you know any Dogecoin No, I think Doge is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I've been on yeah, the hunt yeah. this entire podcast season. I want to meet a Dogecoin millionaire. I want to meet this human being. I'll bring up that story next time. All right. I found no, there are. There are a yeah. bunch. I want to meet the problem him. is a lot of them got <laughs> shook out because... If you didn't sell right at the top, you, you know, you're not, you didn't make that much. Now it's like nothing. The problem is Doge's shitty Bitcoin technology. Of course. So (laughs) if you're going to buy into cryptocurrency and you're interested at all in what's behind it, Bitcoin is the proof of work cryptocurrency. Like it is the gold standard, you know, whatever. And Doge is just a, shitty version yeah. of that same protocol so it's 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 a me if it wasn't for elon amazing. musk it would be worth nothing yeah, meme crypto yeah pretty much um last question man and i love this one it's my favorite question who are you cheering for and it could be anything doesn't have to be sports related it could be anything wow that's a really good question um i well you know so i will say uh i'm there's no no order. So I'm going to list a bunch of people. Right, right. This is no order, uh, no order at all of importance, just what comes to my mind. I'm really cheering for Will Shaw and Better Agency. Yep. I really like them. Absolutely. I like what he's doing. I don't use Better Agency. Um, I just, regardless of what happens, they're forcing change in our industry. They're forcing people to have conversations. I think that's wonderful. And I think Will and his entire team, they are great people. So I'm, I'm cheering for them. Mm-hmm. I'm always cheering for Ragoff and Tarmica because uh, one, he's one of my favorite people in the industry. And two, um, the way he looks at the industry and what he's done, I think is, is really game changing. I know there's other people that do what they do, but um, uh, there's a lot to that product and team that people don't know. And it's awesome. I mean, yeah. they're, they're really blazing the trail for all of us to come behind. Um, beyond that, I'd love to see um, Sid do well at Vertifor, even though I wasn't a huge fan of her going there. Sure. I would love to see her do well. I think of her like a sister. So I'm always cheering for her. And then there's a, there's a handful of agents and stuff that I think are doing really cool things that I love to watch. And it's my favorite part of our space, dude, is that there are so many good people doing really interesting things and it, you know, they're so willing to help. And, you know, my text messages and DMS are filled up with, you know, two, three, four year long converse running conversations where maybe we only mess each other once or twice a month, but right. uh, willing to stay in touch and support each other. And I find that when you really need something, if you, if you, if you handle yourself the right way and you support other people, when you really need something, people show up in our space. And, yeah. and I think, that might be the case in other industries. I don't know, but I know in ours it's true, and it's what I it's what I love about this this space, and it's it's why I push the human aspect of it so much. I don't want us to ever forget that while automating self service VAs are so important to our future, we can't lose sight of how of the quality of human beings that we have, and um, we just need to keep supporting each other. So, yep, Very I cool. love it, man. Amen, yeah. sir. Amen. And the little league team. And the little yeah, our little league team is baller. We got the, <laughs> so you don't even have to cheer for him. Are, are you rooting for Sean's cornrows that he's getting tonight? We'll get some photos. <laughs> no, I'm not into the cornrows. I just I think you should just go bigger blowout, bigger they, blowout. They keep going. I mean, <laughs> bigger. I mean, I've seen it bigger, but I mean, it'll be back. Yeah, it's, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to do like gorgeous some sort of a poll okay, once I take. Like, the everyone says out. size doesn't matter until, until they got until they until see the, the size. You're yeah. the true lion of insurance, man. The lion. 
Uh, Hanley, thank you, man. Yeah, this was cool. great. It's always good. Wow, this was awesome. thoughts. Congrats on Appreciate the acquisition. Absolutely. Congrats. I love what you're doing at Rogue Riz. We're cheering for you, by the way, um, because yeah. uh, I'm cheering for you guys too. I should have. I kind of thought that was assumed, but um, dude, I'm I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing, and not just because I'm on the show. Uh, obviously, you guys know that, and I've told you off air, but uh, I think. You know, the, the conversations that you guys have put you guys in the same vein with like what Rags is doing and what what Will's doing at Better Agency. Like you guys are creating something that's forcing people to talk. And I know sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad. That's part of being an entrepreneur yep. or entrepreneurs. Right. But, um, uh, you know, regardless of where you end up, you are pushing forward and doing great stuff. And, and I think it's wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you guys are in the space doing the things you're doing. We appreciate Thank it, man. You. We appreciate it. Well, hey, let's catch up soon. And, uh, dude, rogue wrist, man. Let's go. Let's go. Good stuff, man. Have a lovely day.